isn't it something? June 5th, 2018. The reading of tonight is based on Genesis chapter 21 from verse 22 through 34. The title of this lesson is Agreements at the Style of Abraham. How about that? Interesting. Uh, you will you will love this this lesson. It's beautiful. The Lord really is showing us good good stuff here in this in this lesson. Agreements at the style of Abraham. Hmm. So we read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Please, sweetheart, go ahead. Then Abimelech and Phicol spoke with Abraham. Phicol was the commander of Abimelech's army. They said to Abraham, "God is with you in everything you do." So make a promise to me here before God. Promise that you will be fair with me and with my children. Promise that you will be kind to me and this country where you have lived. Promise that you will be as kind to me as I have been to you. And Abraham said, I promise to treat you the same way you have treated me. Then Abraham complained to Abimelech because Abimelech's servants had captured a well of water. But Abimelech said, I don't know who did this. You never told me about this before today. So Abraham and Abimelech made an agreement. Abraham gave Abimelech some sheep and cattle as proof of the agreement. Abraham also put seven female lambs in front of Abimelech. Abimelech asked Abraham, why did you put these seven female lambs by themselves? Abraham answered, when you accept these lambs from me, it will be proof that I dug this well. So after that, the well was called Beersheba. Abraham gave the well this name because it was the place where they made a promise to each other. So Abraham and Abimelech made an agreement at Beersheba. Then Abimelech and Phicol, his military commander, went back to the country of the Philistines. Abraham planted a special tree at Beersheba and prayed to the Lord, the God who lives forever. And Abraham lived as a stranger for a long time in the country of the Philistines. Thank you so much, sweetheart. All right. Let's go with the notes that we have for tonight's study. Fickle. What was his position in that army? Commander. Uh, commander. commander. Very well done. Commander. One thing we have to understand guys all the time is that everywhere we go there are always hierarchies there are levels in authority everywhere we go so how you work for a big corporation mm -hmm. correct how many levels are above you to reach the ceo of the company approximately Eight levels. So it's, it's a lot of rank. But and then there's a level above him for the, the board. The board, correct. Now, you are not uh, in an entry level position in your company. Correct. You are in, in a level of management as well. Mm -hmm. After how many years working there? Did I get to that level? Uh, of working? No. How many years of experience do you have working for the same company? Uh, 15 years. Okay. 15 years, 12 years to get to that level. <laughs> okay. Okay. Th this is what I am talking about precisely. You see? 
in each organization you will find hierarchies, the different levels. So here we have we have an example. Al, who has degrees from a university and a university of uh, you graduated in Lubbock. Yeah, Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Imagine. With that education, after 15 years, he has escalated to a, a managerial level with so many individuals that he oversees. And yet there are still near eight levels to be at the top of that company. A, a simple example, right? Everywhere we go, if we go to a bank, there are authorities in the bank. If we go to the store. I don't know if you have sometimes the experience of placing an order for some company, certain product that you like, and there is an issue with the order. And you know that sometimes the customer service representative is not able to help you to fix the problem. So they have to escalate the thing to the next level, correct? Mm. And, uh, and the truth of the matter is, sometimes even that supervisor, even that supervisor is not, is not able to, to help us. And you have to go to the next level, right? And, and you have to do it on and on and on until finally somebody will, will help you, <laughs> right? Yeah. So whatever we do, whether it's business with some company, even as a simple customer, right? Or if you are doing business B2B, you know what is that, right? Business to business. Mm -hmm. You have to know where and who is the person, the right person that you need to deal with. And, and naturally, in your workplace, you must understand there are hierarchies and you have to respect those levels. So here's a perfect example. Uh, this guy is the commander of Abimelech's army. And uh, what do you think? Quickly, guys, give me one characteristic that if you were Abimelech, you will define as necessary attribute for someone that was potentially commander of your army. Let's start here. One attribute that you will seek in that person. I guess the first the first word that comes to mind without refining the phrase is loyalty. Loyalty. Tracy. Um, the ability to command and um, Lead. show authority and be a leader. Be a good leader. Shout communication to everybody. Good communication skill, Tony. Responsibility. Responsibility. So you see, it's very important in any organization. Those are basic qualities. My friend, you are listening, watching this uh, program. If you want to go ahead in your career, think of what our friends here just mentioned: loyalty, ability to lead good communication and responsibility. So those are basic attributes uh, that anyone, anyone will seek in a potential candidate to, to go up in the ladder of management. Let me ask you now. There is a verse here that says that, uh, actually it's in verse number one. No, I'm sorry, 20, 20, 21. Or 22. <laughs> but uh, he said, uh, 
Abimelech and Fickle said to Abraham, God is with you in everything you do. Do you agree with that statement? Mm -hmm. Yes? Yes. All right. So now I have for you four questions. What were the steps that caused that the Lord was with Abraham all the way? The first thing that you think Abraham did in order to, to do what the Lord called him to do in that mission, what would you say is the first thing, not in order of importance, just chronologically, what was the first thing that Abraham did? Believed. Trusted. Okay. <laughs> Obeyed. What do you say? You are getting there. But the first one, he listened. <laughs> he listened. I have a funny story here. One day I was reading a book of, um, I believe, the President Reagan. I like him. I always like him. And I believe he, he was the one or was Mr. Bush Sr. I can't remember who, whom of those. But the story says that <clears throat> He said constantly that people did not listen. I remember Bush. He was? He was Bush, yeah. The story about the grandmother? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You know? You yeah. want to tell the story? I can't tell it as good. <laughs> well, the story says that he was under the impression that nobody was really listening. But when people came to special functions to the White House, he said funny stuff to people just to see if they were listening. One night... And he changed that thing every time, right? Just to mess with people, you know, just to have fun. So that night, all these people came to the White House, and here's the president, and says, when they asked him, how are you doing, Mr. President? So he said, I'm very happy because I just killed my grandmother. And people were just nodding and smiling. Not even listening. They were not <laughs> listening. But the, the, what I've read about this story is that one guy when he heard <laughs> the president said that, he said, well, you must have a good reason to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that proves, you know, it's exactly what happens. You know, imagine this. You go to any restaurant in the drive-thru and you say, I would like a, a large such-and-such and a small such-and-such. -such. And when you go to the window, they give you the, the order totally the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. Or they repeat it back to you on the little interphone line. And of course. Like, That's not what I said. Well, Abraham's <laughs> first thing was his ability to listen. If you want to prosper in life, if you want to grow in any area, in your company, in your school, imagine a student, the teacher is explaining things, they are not listening. And then the test. And then they think the teacher is mean. Silly is that, right? He's That's against exactly. me. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like me. No. And, and especially, especially in your relationships with people, you have to learn to listen. Listen, pay attention to what they are saying. But particularly when you, especially here that we are talking about our spiritual life, is you, my friend, need to learn to listen to the voice of our Lord. First thing that Abraham did. The second thing is once he heard and he he listened, then he believed, right? But he couldn't believe if he first didn't listen. Mm -hmm. 
Do you have to listen? Because faith comes as a result of hearing, hearing the word, the word of, of the Lord. So you listen, listen carefully. You know, it is so interesting. When people are listening, really, not, not just providing the expression, the facial expression of I'm listening, <laughs> because that's easy, right? Anyone can do that. I, I can make that face quickly. You want me to show it? Show it to you. But that I can be thinking about whatever, right? No, when you are listening carefully, you can understand what the other person is saying. And that's why we have a lot of issues, because if I'm not listening, I cannot understand what the other person is saying, right? In, in our marriage, you know, myself with this thick accent, well, of course it's difficult, and I do not use the right word all the time, unfortunately. Limitations in my knowledge and ability to speak English, but I think that not, not being able to explain things right or not using the right word or in the right way will make my communication with my wife difficult. So that's why... Because of my limitations, I ask her constantly, can you repeat that, please? <laughs> because I want to understand what is she saying. And uh, she speaks very clearly, but she has his, uh, her southern accent, right? And sometimes no. she speaks so quick, <laughs> and I don't get it. I said the same thing to you. I sometimes, what did you say? Say that again. And I just think they are thinking, Man, and then this usually guy is slow. Usually he'll respond in Spanish. You go, oh. <laughs> right. Listening, understanding, believing. The third thing, he obeyed. Once you listen the voice of the Lord, what the Lord is telling you, and you understand, you can believe what the Lord is telling you, and then you should obey. And finally, he trusted in the Lord. Those are the four steps, my friend. The Lord was with Abraham because of these four things. Number one, to listen, to believe, to obey, and to trust in the Lord. <clears throat> if you do those four things, I guarantee you, your life is going to be sensational. You will have everything that you even cannot imagine. The Lord will give it to you. All right, let's go to the next point. In verse 23, Abimelech said to, to Abraham, I want you to, to promise me something, that you will be fair with my children. You know what? That is really profound. It's, it's, it's deeper than what you can think of, because, being honest, who are the individuals that you care the most in this world? I mean, our parents, we love them, but... They are pretty much on their way to the next step, right? In my case, my parents are already in heaven. But ultimately we say, well, you know, they already did life, right? I can help them with some way, but eventually they are going to pass or go to heaven, whatever, right? So when you are thinking of your life insurance or saving money or whatever you want to leave to somebody, you are thinking of your children, right? You think of your children. Look how 
deep is this thing that Abimelech said to, to Abraham? I want you to be fair with my children because he was aware one day I'll be gone. One day I'll be gone and I will love Abraham that you could be fair with my children. I love that. Tracy and I have four kids and one grandkid. And we speak with them every day. You know, yesterday I had a terrific conversation with my number, uh, the second kid, Sebastian. In that conversation, we spoke about different principles of the scripture. And all my objective is to make him understand the importance of doing things right. He's a supervisor. Can you imagine now the conversation that I have with my own son when I am trying to train him to become a good supervisor? Those are good conversations. I mean, we, back, we go back and forth, back and forth, and he asked me this, and I explained to him how to do this and all that because I will invest time with, with my, my boy if he wants to learn about those things, right? And his Be answer is always at the end, Ah, oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Usually he says that. Yeah. And we pray. So you had a conversation with uh, Zach, I believe. It was a long conversation. He is in the Army. He's going to, to do certain projects because he works and serves our country that way. And uh, he needed also prayers. We really care for our kids, right? You know, it's sad when people do not have a good relationship with their kids. And I want you to know here, you guys, and for you especially, listeners, that Tracy and I are here representing the Lord. I am a servant of the good Lord God Almighty because He called me, right? But I have a good testimony about my relationship with my children. They love us. I can play for you audio videos, audios and videos, our children telling us how much they love us. Because if I want to come here to preach the gospel and share God's word, the Bible tells me that the first place that I should do that is in my own home, with my own family. Well, your first mission field is your own My main family. mission field is my own home. And I can tell you with a clear conscience that my relationship with our four kids, it's impeccable. Praise the Lord. Thanks to the good Lord. All our kids are working, hardworking people, decent and uh, they are having good lives, and they will have a great future because since they were little, we were investing time in teaching them the principles and also correcting them, which is one of the issues that we discuss here in church all the time, right? Why we are allowing kids to misbehave, you know? It's kind of like Walmart. I was at a at Walmart, and this one lady didn't just want her kids on the line. And how did you feel about it? Aggravated. Exactly. Have you... And then the, she had the shopping cart. Like, I had a little bit of space, and she just kind of parked it like a car. I'm like, come on, lady, give me some room. Right. <laughs> have you had the experience of being in a restaurant, and you cannot have a conversation because there is a kid that is... Crying. Crying, screaming, and, and their parents. <laughs> it's like... They are invisible, or I don't know what's the yeah, thing. It's one thing if they're not feeling well and they're tired and it's right. a, grumpy. I mean, that's just normal, but when it's 
when it's not a baby and they're just throwing a fit and parents are Correct. ignoring them. Correct. So we care for our kids. And in our church, we like to tell parents, correct your kids. And, um, and we have to do it in the right way. Uh, not putting anyone in the spot, but uh, this past Sunday when we were about to go out to have our lunch, we had one teenager laying down on the chairs in the sanctuary, covered with the blankets and all that. I mean, it's 12-something. And I said to him, uh, I need you to please stand up and get up, fold the blanket, and go out. This is not a bed. Do you understand? And he gave me a look unhappy, right? I wasn't mean, but it's my job to tell people, no, this is not the place to do those things, right? That is what we did as parents. And that is what my parents and Tracy's parents did to us. Because that's the job of parents, right? Abimelech says to Abraham, be fair with my children. Because he cared. Of course. But what if Abimelech's children were disrespectful, lazy, irresponsible, and on and on? I mean, you cannot ask somebody, be nice to my kids when you know that your kids are horrible, <laughs> right? However, he said also in that verse, promise me, promise me, do you know that uh, in Exodus 20, when the Lord explains to us the Ten Commandments, one of the commandments says, do not take the name of the Lord in vain. Mm -hmm. Do you remember which commandment is that? Second. It's not one, it's not two. Third. There you go, very well. It's the third one. You were close. The third commandment, it says literally, do not take the name of the Lord in vain. So how do we understand that? We understand that that means we are not going to say the word of the Lord, the as name a, of the Lord. As a cuss word. As a cuss word, right. I get upset and then <clears throat> saying that word. No, that's, that's wrong. We know that. That's part of it. But that is part of that verse. Taking the name of the Lord in vain is also when someone says, I swear in the name of that that is true, for instance, right? Or somebody says, I promise you in the name of, and they, they use the name of the Lord in vain. Do you understand? So our commitments do not need the extension of in the name of the Lord you don't need to use the name of the Lord in vain do you understand because we should be the kind of people that we say I'm gonna do that and then we will do it right yeah, just do what you promise you just do what you promise that is what Abimelech says he says promise me but then he said be kind to me and this country I mean you are talking about a guy with an army with an army asking Abraham to be kind to him in the country. Abraham wasn't a warrior necessarily. He wasn't. <laughs> I mean, he, he fought. Mm -hmm. We know that he fought when he went to get Lot, get Lot and mm -hmm. rescue Lot. And you know that Abraham will fight for his family like mm -hmm. everybody else, right? But when Abimelech is telling him, be kind to me in this country. You know what it says? Basically, it says, I know that you are a man of God. Mm -hmm. 
the Lord is with you. And he, he was aware of that and respected that. There was a fear as if, if he did not do what Abraham said or had respect Correct. for him because right. it's, you don't disrespect the man of God. I, I think that is very important to acknowledge. Respecting people, but because honestly, let, let's, be, let's be honest here. Let's say someone in the school mistreats your kid. Don't tell me that you will just overlook that. Oh, no, you will go and fight and find out what exactly happened there because as a parent, you are going to protect your, your kid. There is no different, difference with the good Lord. When any of us, his kids, are being attacked, the Lord is going to intervene. But Abimelech knew that. Now, who can tell me how Abimelech knew that? We discussed that a few ses lessons ago. He saw it in war, in action. He saw the ramifications, the repercussions. The There was a particular incident that included Sarah. Abimelech took her yeah. as a wife. And all the women in the tribe, got, they couldn't have kids and even he was sick and the Abraham prayed for him to be healed do you remember that mm -hmm. so watch this Abimelech had fear for the Lord because he knew that touching what is holy get this guys touching what is holy is dangerous now what is the meaning of holy do you have a robe or something like that a special diadem <laughs> what, what is it holy means consecrated, separated to God. So when you you extract yourself from the world and you decide that you will serve the Lord, you are holy. You understand? You are separated to the Lord. Those who try to touch you and, and do something against you, when you are doing things right, they can get into trouble because your dad is going to fight for you and you have nothing to do with it. Let's say something happens to Prissy. You will go and fight it. Not necessarily Prissy will know what exactly you were doing, right? Or somebody does something against Jackson or, or Bo or Ty. You are going to be <laughs> a feline <laughs> who will be Mama Bear for real, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there is no difference between that scenario and the good Lord with us. Abimelech knew that. That's why he said, be kind to my kids. Promise me. <laughs> and be kind to me and my country. That's beautiful, you see? Now, when all that happened, and then we find out something amazing that Abraham was doing for a while. Abraham knew that some of the Abimelech's employees or workers were doing wrong to hurt Abraham. Let's read that is in verse 25 and 26. <clears throat> oh, before we, we, we get there. No, no, no. Let's do that. 25, 26. Then Abraham complained to Abimelech because Abimelech's servants had captured a well of water. 
But Abimelech said, I don't know who did this. You never told me about this before today. I want you to see, guys, how honorable Abraham was. Something wrong was being done to him by Abimelech's people. And Abraham never went to Abimelech or to the newspaper or Twitter or Facebook. Or he didn't say anything about it. How honorable is that? He waited. Because the person who has faith, great concept here, guys. Pay attention to what I'm saying. Write it down if you are listening or watching this program. Great thing is about to come. Get your pen and write it down. The man of God, the woman of God that has faith, has patience and will wait. Has patience and will wait. Faith has to do with those two things. You have to have patience and wait. Abraham was not this kind of overreacting kind of guy, you know. What are you doing there with my wealth? You know, like many people do in these days. A little offensive. It's a huge storm. Abraham was so honorable. He said, I'm not going to create a, a drama out of this. I will wait. Because if you are a man of God, a woman of God, you will trust in the Lord that the Lord will protect you. And, and sometimes, guys, things happen and we just have to wait and see how the Lord will take care of it. Right? Sometimes in companies, all of the sudden, somebody is against one person. Have you lived that experience? In, in the corporation, somebody simply don't, doesn't like you for some reason. Or some doesn't like somebody else. And you're wondering, why is that? And groups happen sometimes. And you go, but why is that? Well, sometimes we don't know. But when you are a person of faith, a person from the Lord, you should wait. Be patient. Trust in the Lord. Because the right time will come when you will explain those things to the person, to the right person in the right place. Please listen to what I just said. You will explain those things to the right person in the right place. You don't need to go and try to defend yourself. And I like how it says Abraham never embarrassed Abimelech. No, he, he did not embarrass. You know, you don't point him out and no. start talking about him and No. He waited. He waited. He said, No, in the right time I will wait. One day Abimelech and I will have a conversation and and that conversation came that day. He didn't embarrass uh, at all Abraham. And uh and then in 24, now I want to read verse 24, when he says, um, um, I promise to treat you the same way you had treated me. That means, when listen to this, when Abimelech was confronted by Abraham about that wrong thing done by one of his employees, Abimelech's response was very gracious. He says, I, I don't know who did this. I don't know. Instead of arguing and defending himself, you know, it's like very, very reasonable. Very reasonable. 
if there is an accusation against you, you just wait. And if something you have done wrong, and you have to apologize, well, go ahead and do it. And that is what Abraham was saying. I, I promise you I will treat them nice. I will do exactly the way that you have treated me, is what he says. And then in chapter 27, we know the argument was settled. And I love the way that it was settled. Let's read it. So Abraham and Abimelech made an agreement. Abraham gave Abimelech some sheep and cattle as proof of the agreement. <laughs> Boom. Don't deal. But listen, verse 30 tells us something so interesting. Abraham answered, When you accept these lambs from me, it will be proof that I dug this well. Because the issue was the well. So when they settled the agreement, Abraham gave them some animals to Abimelech. But in other words, Abraham was telling him, if you accept these animals, it's because you acknowledge that this well is my will. Do you understand? In other words, in any argument, there has to be a proof that the, the other party will say and confirm that what you are saying is true. Oh, you can just send an email. <laughs> exactly. What's well, in writing? And say right. reply. Exactly. You know, so funny. So was the so the issue was that when he had pointed out to him that they had captured his well, it was still up in the air as to whether or not right. that was true or not. Mm -hmm. So by saying here's a sheep, you're acknowledging the fact that this in fact was is my well. So. And, he, and then Abimelech took the, the animals and said, okay, so the argument is settled and there is a proof of it. <laughs> Yesterday in my conversation with Sebastian, we were talking about how you, and this is a good thing for you that work in different levels of authority, sometimes your supervisor could tell you, I want you to go ahead and do something. And Sebastian asked me the question, so... so what should I do in a situation like that? And I said, and not in that situation only, but in all situations, every time your supervisor gives you an order, you, excuse me, you need to have a proof of that order. Because if you don't have anything in writing that proves that, how you can prove that that was an order that you received from your supervisor, right? So he said to me, but that, if I, let's say I'm in a meeting and my supervisor tells me to do something verbally, what can I do then? <laughs> it's very simple, son. You write him an email and you say, Sir, thank you so much for telling me that what I should do is da-da-da-da-da-da. I appreciate that. Boom, you send the email. That's your proof. He told you verbally. But you reply, you send an email, so there is a proof that he said that. Obviously, the boss cannot argue later, well, I didn't see the email. <laughs> you know, well, he could, but he's not going to win. The point is, proofs always are necessary in everything, in everything you do. Listen, if you are doing business with companies, you are placing orders, or you write contracts with people, read the contracts. Read the contracts. If you hire somebody to do a, a specific job, make sure that it's in writing. 
and you specify there exactly what is what you want. Otherwise, if things go wrong and then you don't have proof, <laughs> then you're in trouble. And uh, <clears throat> to finish this study, almost there, verse 32, it says that then they went back. Abimelech and what is his name? Fickle, they went back to his place, their place, and Abraham was in his place. Which, which tells us that even though we do negotiations with people and whatnot, eventually everyone has to go to his own place, right? Because everyone has to have his own place, <laughs> right? Because the truth is, even though sometimes we love being with certain people, what is the expression we use? We say, it's getting old, <laughs> right? Because too much of something eventually loses the excitement of it, right? It's necessary that everyone goes to his own place, do, does his own thing, and then re revisit, revisit. During dinner, Tracy was sharing with some of our friends here that my dad's uh, joke about that was when we were having dinner. Tell them what is what, what happened. There was a lot of people at um, his dad's house, probably 30 or so people, and he says, you want to know what my favorite verse is? And I said, what? He told me to look up a certain scripture. I wish I knew what it was. And um, <laughs> and I read it, and it said, and they all left and went home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but my dad told me clearly all the time that, you know, I love guys when you come. But my favorite is when you leave. <laughs> because it's necessary for everyone to have his own place. And, you know, just they went back. Verse 33, Abraham did something special. What is what he did in verse, verse 33? Planted a special tree. He, he planted a special tree. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a tree, a monument, an altar, whatever. But when things are finally settle in any kind of situations you are negotiating or in trouble you should do something special for the Lord as an action of gratitude I, I want to share with you guys today something very special that Charlie did and probably she is not happy with the idea but I'm going to say it anyway <laughs> she was blessed last week for something that a company, and I'm going to say the name of the company, Lowe's, gave them special uh, AC units for the area where she lives. And she, she was so grateful that not just put some things online to express her gratitude, she decided to bring them personally. Are you listening? Personally, a thank you card. She went to the customer service department and spoke with everyone to find the right person to tell them how appreciative she was for that thing. And I applaud you for that. You're very welcome. That was awesome. That's a Christian thing to do. But how many people get a new job because somebody recommended them? <laughs> they never even say thank you. How many people receive blessings from so many individuals, they are not used to say thank you. I personally have lived that, you know. I will not list the actions that I have done 
But I just know. Some people just don't know how to say thank you. Here, Abraham is showing us that after things are being settled and things are being finalized and everything is going well, it's our responsibility to do something special for the Lord as an action of gratitude. Thank you, Lord. You know, like, for instance, and that goes to you. Every month when you review your numbers and you are so successful with your sales in your area, you should think about something, what you should do to give thanks to the Lord. Because this is not the result of your intelligence or your great team. You know that, humanly speaking, maybe. But the reason why you are having this success is because the Lord is with you. Right? Every month when we can make our uh, the payments of all our bills, and we, we should do something special for the Lord. And pray to the Lord, the God who lives forever. Why the reference of the God who lives forever? Because there are people that still today ignore that, that there is only one God, creator of heaven and earth. And his name is the Lord God Almighty. And the name of his son is Jesus Christ, which is the only name that is given to us to experience salvation. Some people are saying prayers to, to Saint X and Saint Y and some people even pray to their deceased parents. Do you know that? Mexico has a party of the dead. So some some people they, they are saying prayers. Even there was a funny movie uh, about the Fast and Furious. They are saying the Lord's Prayer and thanks for the carburetor and the accelerator. You remember that thing? Oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's funny. It's funny. But, you know, it was a joke, of course. But how many people are really thinking that that is praying to God? No. You know what the Scripture says? The Scripture says when you pray, you pray to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the right way to say it. And the Lord Jesus said this. He says, when you pray, go to your room in private. Close the door. And the one who sees you in secret will reward you in public. Abraham presented this offering, planted a special tree. You know, imagine how beautiful is that. Here is Abraham. Everything is settled. There are no more arguments. Finally, the well comes back to his possession, and everything is great. And he says, I want to do something special. Yeah, a tree. Digging the tree, putting the tree, I don't know what else. And then he prayed to the Lord God, the God who lives forever. Verse 34, Abraham stayed there for a long time. It's part of what whoever is obeying the calling of the Lord. Now, quick question, guys. The quiz here. What are the four things that Abraham did in order to him have the support of the Lord all this time? Number one? Listen. Listen. Number two? Believe. Believe. And then? Obey. And then? Trust. When you listen, believe, obey, and trust in the Lord, the land where you are, whatever you do, you will be there for a long time. It's the promise of the Lord. The promised land. It's the promised land. The promise is the Lord will be with you. You don't need to be nervous that they are uh, 
cutting jobs in your corporation or the customers are going to uh, not hire you again when the contract ends. These kind of things, you know. It's a promise that the Lord will be with you and you will be there for a long time. And again, when you hear that, you listen, and then what? Believe. You believe. And then obey. you obey, and then trust. And goes back again. And every day, every day, we do the same thing. That is the beauty of the kingdom of the Lord. And tonight, from Victory Church, we wish you a beautiful night to all of you. Thank you for watching and connecting, and we love you guys. See you next time.